Hello and welcome to Caps Lock Mini, a podcast all about all things new mini, from the earliest days up until the current stuff. In this episode, myself and Martin are going to be talking about our first gen mini history, uh, which for me starts quite late with an 04 R53. But as we learned in the last episode, Martin had a nice early Mini 1. Uh, and actually, I'd like to start with that one in that what I loved about Mini, at the time I was studying um, graphic design at school and it would, have been, it would have been GCSEs. So it's quite lightweight design. But what I loved about Mini is the way they built that range. So they had one effectively Cooper and then Cooper S. And I thought having the one as the entry level was such a clever name because it was so pure. The cars were quite pure because they were all one colour. And often they had, um, I think by default, they were unchromed. So they had lots of little body colour inserts and so forth. Yep. Yeah, and you had the black grill rather than the chrome grill. But anyway, Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Cooper was Cooper. So it kind of, it was like the older Rover system where you had Mainline and Cooper. Um, and I thought that was such a clever piece of design just in branding that you've got one as the entry level of its own thing. And it, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't it was like one was ever trying to be the Cooper. Um, until, I guess, LCI, when you could get twin yeah. tone bits and pieces on there but i just loved that so from a design point of view i was i was interested straight away and i loved the fact that it was mini in all caps because you couldn't change the name mini had to be the name but it it had to be bigger because the car was bigger and Mm. i just loved it which is partly why i think this name for the podcast caps lock mini is is the one i think we've settled on because baseline name absolutely <laughs> i think they did really I well i mean yeah no I, I can tell you a story about how one was named mm. and i only found this out fairly recently but uh from my understanding i mean in my current role i speak to a lot of the uh car valuation future valuation specialists and uh, one of those knew i was a mini fan and he said that the story is that mini slash bmw approached one of these valuations people about sort of an entry-level model and they didn't have a clue what to call it and jokingly one of those setters of values suggested they came up with the name one and mini slash bmw liked it so much so apparently won't that i mean that's not confirmed but i mean I if it. it is it's, it's an interesting <laughs> story i mean going back to the caps thing it's caused during my career it's caused all manner of Differences. What you says, what you say about the size difference and the, the letters, that makes total sense, and that's probably the way BMW wanted it to be. But you know, in real life, um, you know, as a writer, there's a lot of people that think a mini is a mini, so a mini is mi- mini mm-hmm. is cap M lowercase i n i. But anyway, that's another story, possibly for another podcast. <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, I mean, going back to the one, I mean, yeah, I was. You know, I really wanted a Cooper when I first bought mine, but it became clearly obvious from the start that I just couldn't quite get to where I needed to be with the finance and with what I wanted in the car as yeah. well. 
I mean, I could have had a Cooper, but it would have been absolutely boggo basic. So one thing you could do with the one, obviously, because it had the slightly cheaper entry price, was you could spec it up a bit with sort of the options, which is lots of what a lot of people did. No one really had a basic entry level mini one, and if you see one of those now, I mean, it's a rare thing. All those that, hubcaps you know, and yum yum. Yeah, <laughs> and you could even not have it with the column mounted um, rev counter, which there are a couple out there, uh -huh. but they're very rare. And I don't know whether you had the conversation, but I know I had the conversation when I was ordering the car. You know, it was all about residual value at the time. And the, I remember the dealer saying to me that if you have this, you're like, this, this car's likely to be worth this much more at the end of wow. it. Or if you don't have this, it's not going to be worth. And, you know, I suppose if you, the nice thing was, we all, at that point, sadly, that hasn't quite carried on because of situation WLTP now you know obviously fuel consumption and CO2 is all worked out on the amount of uh, goodies you have fitted to your car so you could never have a car like the R50 in present day because simply you know we had you had there were fixed things that you couldn't have on a one that you could only have on the Cooper yeah. to give it that identification but at the same time there was a massive, you know, how many options. You know, half the magazine at the back was just full of what you could have. Accessories And catalog. I knew people. Incredible. Oh, that as well, you know. <laughs> but you could go loon, you know. I knew a guy that had, in one of the forums I was on, he, had, he, he liked the Mini 1. Oh, that was it. And he was also not old enough to be able to afford to insure a Cooper. So he, he had a pretty limitless budget. So he made sure he had all the options he could have on a Mini 1, and I saw the car, and it was impressive. Yeah. But, you know, is that's what you could do. You wouldn't do that now, sadly. You couldn't do that now. But that was, you know, going back to what interested... I was gutted I couldn't have a Cooper, but at the same point, it was a, it was a new Mini. Yeah. It looked like a Cooper. It looked cool. Yeah. You could change bits, like I changed the grill, and as I said before, to make it look like a Cooper, I changed the lower grill bit to make it look like a Cooper. You know, and... Oh, it wasn't a Cooper, but I know they uh, early doors, they didn't offer a chrome pack, but they did about, annoyingly, about six months later. So obviously there was demand for, for those chrome bits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the fact was, it was your car. That was the reason why it took so long, yeah. because you could spec it, and when it came from the factory, it was your car. No one else would spec that. It was straight out the factory. I mean, you could, I think if you wanted to get in earlier, that was the reason why everyone was waiting at the start. And there were such long waits, because there were all those options to have um and that's what made it so special i think you know and it was so different and it drove so differently it drove like it drove like a mini but yeah it was such a giant leap over the class classic mini i mean i'm over six foot five i mean and i drove all the way to italy and back in my little rsp mm. i love that car but i look back now and i think how the hell did i do that and <laughs> was it comfortable i'm not sure but anyway you know lots of right angle knees <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, going God. back to the branding piece, actually, uh, I loved the salt, pepper, chili. I thought that was, again, mm. just a really clever little piece of... How would I, how would I put it? it? It's almost like an analogy. You know, people don't yeah. necessarily yeah. understand cars, nor should they have to, but everyone kind of enjoys eating and you've got this great analogy straight off the bat that would you you know mm. how hot do you want your mini basically and i, yeah. I thought that was such yeah. a clever little way of doing and it's it also, yeah and it was also quite clever because again we go back to the the there were a lot of options i mean mini chopped a load of them within the first i believe 
well, you and I know, there was stuff that came through early that people specced. And then in terms of trim, colour, it was a massive list, but it was tri cut back fairly quickly over the course of sort of the whole of the R50 production. Um, but it was just, you know, as I say, it was just unique. It was, uh, you couldn't do that now. Yeah. You know, it was, that's what made it special, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, way it was sold, salt, pepper and chilli, as you say. But that was, again, that was good value. It was a good way of getting your salt pack. It gave you some of the bits, well, a lot of the bits that you probably would need for a decent residual value on a one. You know, pepper gave you, like, the things that you'd, like, I'd never had a car with air conditioning before, but after I had it, I knew I wanted to have it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, and again, residual value uptake. And I know for a fact the early ones, because they were fixed spec, all of those came out with packs. None of them came out of standard cars. Mm. It's just a way to get them out on the roads. And they were good residual second-hand cars yeah. later on sort of thing. So, it was um, clever. It was clever. Yeah, it was clever. It was clever. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. really did like uh, my first proper experience of a Mini, as in sitting in one, being a passenger in one, was a black Mini 1. And I think... Mm. Uh, Andy was the owner. We knew each other from um, quite a nerdy hobby of remote control car racing, and he was a teacher. Mm -hmm. So he must have been about mm -hmm. 22, 23, which obviously to me as a 14-year-old was ancient. But <laughs> this was his first car that he bought new since becoming a teacher, and it was incredible. Uh, and what I liked about it was because it was all black, and mm -hmm. it had the black non-painted wing mirrors it just all blended mm. in so black was well that was, was it. a really clever color choice for for making yeah, it, it look a lot more upmarket and it was definitely a pepper car because it had the nine spoke with the covered wheel nut wheels yeah with the center yeah, section um and i think you didn't get a finisher on the tailpipe with one no, you didn't. But he, no. uh, he did manage to get one, albeit not a beer can. Because um, <laughs> they're welded on, right? Uh, they're not a tip. Not all of them. My, my one's got, a, um, got an Allen on it. Oh, does it? Interesting. Mm, yeah, but that might be a later one. Agreed. Get, that's not the original <laughs> one on the car. So um, that could have changed. But it is a proper BMW one that I've got, yeah. and it's definitely on Allen. But, yeah. No, you didn't get that. You got a, a little rolled end. Yeah. To the exhaust. Pea shooter. Mean, it's quite nice. Well, to be honest, there's no difference. You look at those, and the only difference, I mean, we can talk mechanical wise, the only difference between a one and a Cooper was the chip. Mm. You know what I mean, the chip, the Cooper had 125 horse, whereas the one had 100 and. Ooh, 100 and, It was just over 100 horsepower, uh -huh. but it was at least 25 down. But, you know, I was in mini. Going back to the colour coded. The black, yeah, I can remember on the forums, black minis, black mini ones, anything black really was considered really cool, especially on ones because you didn't get the chrome. Yeah. Because you automatically got a colour-coded car yeah. pretty much, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. All matched up. They were quite popular. But, you know, it was clever. I mean, yeah, I loved my little mini one. It was... It, I was I used to do a lot of the mini two runs. I never felt... The nice bit was, it was such a cosmopolitan ownership. I used to meet people that, you know, 
had absolutely shed loads of money and spent a fortune on on a mini and they just wanted to get out and drive it and enjoy it and then you'd meet the other people probably more like me who were just love the whole idea of the car and wanted to meet people and just get out and drive the car yeah. and it was just such an and everyone got on there was no beef yeah you know it was just uh, yeah. i suppose that's still the same now you know but although we had to create our own sort of community because at the start as a you know i don't want to I don't want to be downward on it, but let's be honest, it's been a tough, for the first, well, up until I'd probably say the, you know, the 20th birthday of R50, the new Mini, I would still say the, there is still a core Mini yes. owner, a classic Mini yeah. owner, that will not accept a, a new Mini. And, you know, you can go, if I had a pound for every time I had someone come up to me, well, that's not a real Mini, or, or say something derogatory, especially those early years. I mean, I can remember going to shows, and you took, you were, <laughs> it was a risk taking, taking a new car, because it was so polarising in what people would think, and you'd be worried that someone would do something, because there are some silly people that would do, um, would damage your car, mm. which I was, you know, not keen on at all yeah but, um... i think my exposure actually was um the only show i did religiously was the london to brighton um because mm. i was living at my mum and dad's in watford and what was i at this age well i was 18 and so yeah dad and i would do it pretty much every year in the sports pack and mm. uh i it was great seeing the new minis there but you would then start to see lots of stickers in older classic minis oh, that yeah. were quite derogatory yeah. about BMW stuff. They were. Um, and that's still around, sadly. Yeah. Less. I mean, it is sad, isn't it? Like, and I just didn't really get it because I was like, well, I love mini and yet I can see the whole thing. And now as a mm. uh, yeah, well, 35 plus year old, you know, as a business idea, the concept of mini would have died if, if what, happened well this is didn't it didn't happen this is what this is what you got unfortunately a lot of people don't are very short-sighted and do forget but yeah i mean effectively if bmw hadn't rescued mini and hadn't taken mini um who knows what would have happened if it had gone in with either the alchemy group uh, who were very keen on buying rover and mini at the time mm -hmm. but that never came off and then you have the uh the group that took over mg wrote and became became MG Rover yeah. and sadly you, 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 you've seen what's happened to them yeah. the, the cars are still around but Longbridge is long gone now and MG is now a Chinese electric car brand mm. so you know I mean it's the thing is I think what's been good about Mini I think under BMW ownership I think where it where they've done it, it right is I think uh, I, I was talking talking to some designers and it's very Apparently they say it's easy. It's quite easy to do retro. It's it's harder to do retro over and over again, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. And mm -hmm. and evolutionise the shape. Do you know what I mean? So it's not. I mean, look at Fiat Five Hundred. I mean, I have no beef. Fiat Five Hundred, first generation Fiat Five Hundred, great looking car, mm. very clever, and you know, deservedly has sold very very well. But if you look, Fiat never really have updated that car mm -hmm. seriously until we got the 500d which is a completely different car yeah the all-electric 500d yeah you look at where mini have gone they realized very quickly that r50 and r53 and r52 all had a lifespan and it had a good lifespan mm. it ran from 2001 to 2006 
you know, a great car, but not to overplay it. And also there was regulation changes as well. You know, for mm-hmm. R56, we had um, pedestrian legislation, so they had to raise the body and they had to change the crash test zones. There were lots of changes between, I mean, underneath and, and a complete fundamental change in terms of power plant mm. because we went from Tritec under the Cooper one Cooper, Cooper S, you know, that same Chrysler supplied yeah. Tritec engine through to the PSA supplied um, Prince unit, mm. which um, was in, in all R56s, um, apart from the diesels, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, it's clever. I mean, we might not like, we might not always like what we see in terms of, but I think it's quite clever how. Even now, I mean, spin forward, and again, we are going to talk about this in more detail at a separate point. But as I say, I was in Munich last week to see the latest car, the put the Cooper E, as it's called now, uh-huh. and Cooper SE. I think it's SE. Anyway, yes, the electric. It's now called the Mini Cooper. The hatch is called the Mini Cooper. It's not Mini Hatch. They don't like the hatch uh-huh. apparently. It's now Mini Cooper. That car. If you look at that, I mean, even with the new simplified design family look which is basically eradicates all the chrome or the plastic mm-hmm. it's a very pure design and you can still see the mininess there yeah. i think and it's a clever update yeah i think it's also a much more simplified design which is probably for its time is probably where it needs to be yeah. so whilst you're going to get a lot of haters um i would say and again i'm probably completely talk but we've gone off topic here sadly <laughs> but i will say that compared to F56, the current car, which is a car I have a lot of respect for, I think it's a very good car, mm. I wouldn't say, at the same time, I wouldn't say that was the most attractive of the Minis, mm-hmm. and I would say that this this new car, the new Cooper E, Cooper Electric, is a far better looking car from launch than the F56 was yeah. when that was released all that time back. All I'm going to say there is chin. <laughs> <laughs> it has a lot of chin and one of the things talking to Oliver Helmer last week one of the things he said was just try and get back to I mean they're never going to be able to replicate the short um, yeah. overhangs of R50 and R53 because that whole generation changed yeah. and the regulations changed and you can't get away with that sort of packaging Absolutely. you had to change it um, but it is interesting and it is something I, th- I feel that well, we both want to talk about it let's be honest mm. and I think it's an interesting so I, but yeah you know it's it's what I think BMW has done very well is you might not like what they've done with the brand all the way along, but at least they have tried to yeah. you know uh, reinvent a uh, retro car. Absolutely. And you've got to remember also one thing that people didn't when the car was launched in two thousand one, Mini was a car. Mini is now no longer a car. It is a brand, mm-hmm. and it is a range of cars. So and. You know, times change. You could never build a car that's as small as a classic Mini yeah. now, because again, crash regulations will allow it, won't allow it. And even now, if you park a two thousand, my two thousand one Cooper next, I had an F fifty five five door up until last year, mm. and you park that next to it, and the F fifty five dwarfs it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like there is no small Mini anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just mm. found them so aspirational, um, and studying design. Uh, going into things like A-levels and actually I eventually went into um, college to do graphic design as a mm. as a GMBQ, I think it was. You know, yeah. I was surrounded by advertising and, and cars. It was a fascinating time. And for me, it was like the Audi TT Mark One, the Mini R50. It was all just, they were things I wanted to own. 
because they just absolutely they appeal to that design mind, kind of like a a Bang and Olsen stereo, or yep. uh, you know a particular type of Leica camera. They just had something about them that, that meant you would want to own them. And I mm. think what both of them did really well was, particularly the Mini, is the whole thing looked great. The brochures looked great. The dealerships looked great. The continuity was fantastic between all bits of communication. Um, so as a the case study, it, again, was a brilliant example. Um, and I did use it as a case study in... Um, a dissertation I then did at university many years later in 2007 but um, yeah loved it loved it so I, mm, yeah. go on go on no I, I was also going to say you know things I think what appealed mo- most about it, I think with modern cars even at that point there was always that worry and as I said to you in our previous podcast one of the things I loved about classic minis was the fact you could like go to a show and come back with and bolt something on your car mm. that was new you know this was a car that was like state of the art at the time, you know, yeah. R50 came along, but it was still, even though it was a modern car and had all the modern car features, airbags, you name it, all the safety kit, nothing that Mini had been anywhere near before. Mm. It was a sort of shape and it was the sort, there was the sort of encouragement, even officially, like via latterly John Cooper Works, you know, Bolton kits and that. Mm-hmm. So it felt like, you know, it was a, it felt like a sensible move forward, if you know what I mean. It wasn't a massive jump, and it wasn't too far away, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's what appealed to me. It felt, I mean, even now it's amusing. You, know, you talk to like classic mini owners, and most of them have an R fifty anyway. As soon mm. as the prices came down to sort of more sensible levels, as far as they were concerned, they all had them as dailies, and they yeah. like them as a car. And I think you'll find most people now have got classic minis. So they don't have to use them any other than shows a, a daily, 95% of the time, I'm sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but the majority of them would have a new Mini of some sort in the garage or as a usable car. So yeah. it kind of undermines that whole argument again, really. But yeah, I'm probably, uh, yeah, you know. It's nice <laughs> now that there's not there's not that beef, I don't think. But no, absolutely. What do you think? Absolutely. It's definitely um, levelled out. And I think it's just because numbers have increased. Um and I guess the fact that the brand has lasted so long, you know, hasn't petered out as proven, I guess, to the people that perhaps didn't think it would last that it has. Uh, on that note, then, shall I talk about my R53? Absolutely. <laughs> Probably talked way too much about me. I'd no, no, no. That, um, so I, uh, similar to you, I've sort of bought minis at, at big poignant changes in life. Uh, and actually, yeah, job change is, is often a, a thing... I guess that aligns with it. So I'd had my red sports pack pretty much from age 17 and I was lucky enough to keep it all the way through um, uni. Took it up mm-hmm. to uni a couple of times. But in short, uh, it had had everything that a classic mini would need. So scuttle, um, front wings, uh, underneath the headlights, the A panels, it had it all. And I was coming up to the end of uni, doing lots of commuting. Could have done it on the train, but I didn't. I chose to do it in the car. And I was like, right, I want a new Mini. And I remember mm. doing all the research. And what year is this? This is this is, 08, I think this is. Yeah, this is 08. And I'm looking around on Mini Cherished. 
Um, we're yeah. looking at Coopers because I assumed that's you know all I could get, um, and lots of auto trader ads. And this is back in the day when the magazine I think still existed, but I was doing a lot of the stuff on their website, and I was looking at lots of Coopers, um, particularly red and whites or indie blues and whites, because I'd seen the Italian job, and I'd loved that film. And mm-hmm. I just wanted one of those colours. the classic one or the remake? Well, both I'm going to be talking about the remake at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. no, no, no. That's good. I remember seeing that as well. Um, There's a mini trip for that, my local dealer. Anyway, get back to your story, in, sorry. Well, in short, I couldn't find any. Red and white was difficult. Uh, and basically, a job kind of happened. I, was, I moved out of internships because, sadly, um, global recession, and it, it just didn't really work out for me. And so what was my part-time Saturday job throughout uni became a full-time role and mm-hmm. it meant a longer commute and so I thought I can actually afford a Cooper S and you're right the F word finance <laughs> so I looked at <laughs> the HP uh, and I thought well I can do this and actually I can keep the red mini so it was like tick mm. tick tick and I couldn't afford anything new so I was back on Mini Cherished and ideally again red and white or what everyone called the wrong name a graphite grey R53 which of course is dark silver (laughs) yeah it was dark silver wasn't it and I couldn't find one and one day my dad comes back he'd driven past Watford Sitna on the St Albans Road and he'd seen an absolute not ratty but a tatty uh, dark silver R53 with black roof on S-spokes being dropped off mm-hmm. on the back of a trailer into their garage, their dealership. So he just followed it in and basically asked about it. And it was a Part X car that had just been collected from the uh, original owner. And they were going to take it in and basically punt it out, I guess. So long story short, that's the car I bought. And uh, it only took about two weeks for it all to go through, um, the finance approval, I put down deposit, and I could not believe it, because I could afford to keep my red one and had this dark silver R53. Uh, it was a brilliant spec, so it was chili pack, hence the S-spokes. But in addition to that, it had xenon, it had nice. auto climate, it had oh, nice. nav and HK stereo. Oh, you had an HK as well? Oh, I literally yeah. felt like a king. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think it was the princely spec, sum of £11,000. Um, wow. So I think I put something like three and a half down and then financed the rest over two years or three years or something. Yeah. Um, sadly, the red one wasn't being used and I went to use it one day and basically it just did not want to run. Um and it turns out that through lack of use, at this point it was probably six or seven months, it it just didn't want to play ball. And it was all coked mm. up on the fuel side. So okay. we sorted that out and I was like, ah, we should get rid of it. Because bearing in mind I was living with my parents and their driveway was fairly mm. limited. Yeah, And that's yeah, that. sadly what we did. So uh, I did sell the red one. Um, they still got it to this day as far as I'm aware uh, okay. it's still sawn but it does have MOT 
okay. I checked that earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact you'd still check it as well. But so for a while... It's classic minis though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they kind of get you like that though, don't they? I have to admit, you know, and sorry to interrupt no, you go for it. a little bit, but um, um, when the I had no problems, when I put my uh, Cooper S up for sale, my, uh, my RSP, I had no problem moving mm. that one. And I had, I, I think I had pretty much, I got exactly what I wanted back for it. And the guy, I remember the guy came and looked at it, he drove it, and then the guy came to pick it up. I know it sounds really silly, mm. but... Out of all the cars I've had and sold, that was the one I couldn't. When he started it up, was just reversing it off my parents' mm-hmm. drive to take it away. It was that I couldn't stand out there and watch that car drive off. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just, I mean, that car had its problems. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, yeah, I maybe it's a classic mini thing. Went one further than that. I went away with my girlfriend at the time because I couldn't see it go. <laughs> well, there we go. So my dad had to call mini, me and be like, "Yeah, it's gone." Um and he said the guy put a load of uh, I think it was like Red X fuel cleaner in the in the fuel tank, um having taken out the spark plugs and checked, uh you know nothing was too gammy, but um but no they made it home, uh and like I say for a good couple of years I kept in regular contact through MySpace, how period oh. correct, um <laughs> and yeah like I say it's it's still going as far as I can tell. Oh, I don't know where mine's gone as an aside mm-hmm. but from what I understand it is still going yeah. and it is you know RSPs are quite sort of yeah. I imagine it's worth considerably more than what it was when I sold it yeah. anyway special projects story. my <laughs> uh, graphite car oh no my dark silver car forgive me um, I ended up part Xing that for the car I have owned the longest in my entire life which is the 06 R53 um, and I wonder if perhaps we leave our newer cars to maybe another podcast because we've both got cars of the same age and almost mm. the same ilk, albeit mine has two extra seats. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, I, I think there's a lot we can talk about. about uh, well, oh yeah, we are going to talk about our fifties, but if we're going to talk about past stuff, I think there's a whole. Another story about R fifty three after that as well. On that note, should we bring this one in? Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening. Uh this has been an episode mainly about our early events and experiences with the R fifty. Our next episode, to give you a tease, is all about the OBL. The thing I only really, really learnt about through twenty twenty, because I'm sure <laughs> We all had a lot of time in 2020 to uh, do some research. So we'll catch up with you again then. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. Bye.